I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This episode of Another Happy Pod is going to contain spoilers. If you have not experienced the content yourself, please go ahead and do so before coming back and listening to us ramble on about it. Thank you very much. Might as well have just copied my one, to be honest. That's the point, you fucking dickhead. I did. Please leave that. In. <laughs> That's great. You, stre- you stress me out so much. <laughs> I'm really good at it now. No, like, you're not. I am. I reckon I could stress you out very easily. Well, you do stress me out easily, but the point is, you shouldn't. I should though. That's what being friends is all about. <laughs> is it? Yeah. Is being friends about stressing out your friends? Yeah, I don't know if it is. I'm still technically at work and on the clock. Yeah, my lunch break doesn't start for twenty minutes. But you're on. No, you're off the clock. The pressure's off, and your girls. What it's all <clears> about is that. Would you say that's accurate? Hello, and welcome back to another happy pod. <laughs> oh, I hate it when you do that to me. <laughs> it makes me feel bad. The show where we talk about pop culture and trying to keep things just a little bit more positive and optimistic. We don't always succeed on that, but we do make sure we have a good time doing it. And my name is Nathan Bowen, and as always, I'm joined by everyone's favourite Lawrence Thomas. Hi, C. How are you, sir? I'm very well, Nathan, thank you. Despite uh, being just called a rude name by you, uh, I'm, I'm doing well. I'm aching a lot this week or this oh, today f- specifically if you bring up the fact that you went to the gym yet again it's all i've heard from you all morning i mean it's only <laughs> maybe it's just turned the afternoon <laughs> you know, yes. like i've been going on for decades about this you've been going on about the gym all morning you're such a fucking chad now because i'm such a fucking gym boy nathan i love protein shakes i love whey fitness 
uh, and I love um, hogging machines at the gym. No, I went back to the gym for the first time in like two years uh, because I'm just I'm I'm a bit too rotund for my liking. <laughs> so I went there, um, and it was awful. I had a hellish experience, but it was it was it felt good to be back. However, I'm paying for it the next day, and I'm excited to go again. But it was awful, and I do hate the gym. So it was awful. You had a hellish experience, but it was good to be back. But you hate it. No, no. As in the feeling it gives you, like when you finish a nice workout, you you're on your way home, and you're like, I feel good. I about understand myself. what endorphins are, Lawrence. Well, exactly. So I, I I had a lot of that. That was a good feeling. But being there is just a fucking hellish, awful place uh, of just yeah. chads and and annoying people. But yeah. If you go Jets to the gym, yeah. If you go to the gym, then unsubscribe. We don't even have a. Ignore me, Nathan. How was your week? Uh, it was fine. I did nothing. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> nice. So, so there we are. I I did absolutely nothing of note. I just worked and slept and occasionally watched content. They got you working to the bloody bone, have they, Nathan? They got me working to the bone. And by the bloody bone, hell. I mean about 4.30, and then I log off and go to bed. <laughs> Is that what time <laughs> you're supposed to finish? Look, all right? You don't oh. need to concern yourself with what time I'm supposed to finish, all right? Nathan's boss, I'm telling. You don't know uh, where I work. I do know where you work. I could say it right now if you'd like, but I won't. <laughs> you fucking... I mean, you can, but it'll just get bleeped out. You told me it was... The- The, the initials are right, the words are wrong, but... You should still bleep that out anyway. I'm definitely bleeping that out, yeah. <laughs> no traces at all. So Nathan, this podcast, uh, if they haven't heard from us, uh, then g- good morning, good evening, and good night uh, on this podcast. Oh, so bad. It's that a very so... bad introduction. We're talking, about, we're talking about the Truman Show, Nathan. I'll give you this. Usually you at least try with your segues, but that one was... <laughs> that, you didn't even get the quote right. Oh, no good. What's the quote? Did I not get the quote right? In case I don't see it, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Good afternoon. Right, so he's straight into the good afternoons, is he? Yeah, because he's already said good morning. Oh, he sees you? them, says yeah. good morning. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. And in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. What if one day Truman sleeps in until the afternoon... So we're talking uh, about the Truman Show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a little movie from about 23 years ago now. Is that right? Jesus. Yeah, 23 years ago. Uh, 1998. So this, I believe now, is officially the oldest movie we've talked about on the podcast. Maybe it can be beaten oh, yeah. Week. Who knows? Maybe. Maybe so. Um, yeah, no, that's... It. What do you think of it? I, I hadn't, I haven't, I know the concept of this movie. I'd never sat down and watched the whole thing start to finish. Have you not? No, genuinely not. Ah, that is interesting to me. I mean, I'm interested to know what you thought. I kept that to myself because I didn't want you being like, I know normally you're pretty good, but like, don't watch the trailers, don't go into this because I knew the premise, right? Everyone knows the premise of the Truman Show. It's like a thing that people say. Uh, it's like an expression. Um, but yeah, I just I wanted to keep it low key that I'd never seen it fully. Uh, I've seen clips because I've used it for like editing stuff like before when I've had to they reference it and I had to pull that clip from a film. So I've seen bits, uh, but I'd never sat down and watched it. And my lord, 
I, uh, well, we'll get to you in a second. We'll get to you in a second. All right. All right. All right, all right. You can't just ask me what I think and then go in with what you think. No, I was busy, Nathan. I had thoughts in my mind. I wanted to share them. But what do you think? There you go. I think that I hate you. So The Truman Show is a movie that I've pretty much uh, enjoyed since a very young age. I can't remember exactly when I saw it. Definitely wasn't at the cinema because I was uh, five when it came out. Uh, so wasn't really at the age where I cared about going to the cinema or any of that sort of stuff. Um, so I think I must have just seen it on TV. Probably was on Channel Four one night or something, um, and I and I just really enjoyed it. And yeah, I've seen it a couple of times over the years. Haven't seen it for probably a good ooh seven or eight years at this point. So it was nice to revisit it. Um, yeah, it's it's a really good movie. It's different from a lot of Jim Carrey stuff, which I enjoy. Um, I'm interested to know your thoughts on the Truman Show. So I started watching this and immediately, right, because I bear in mind, I already knew the setup. I wish I didn't. Oh, my God, I wish. I. And what is this setup, Lawrence? Just give us all of that. Right. Okay. so the Truman Show is about a man who is legally adopted. He's an he's a uh, an unwanted baby um, to unknown parents who presumably uh, put their baby up for adoption. And Truman, uh, who is the man played by Jim Carrey, is the first legally adopted baby by a corporation. So what that corporation do with him is set up this fucking ridiculous <laughs> and highly unbelievable set um, uh, that can be seen from space along with the Great Wall of China. Um, Which actually isn't true, by the way. What, this studio doesn't exist? Nathan? No, no, no the, the, the Great Wall of China thing. Can you not see it from space? No, it's way too narrow. You can see it from like orbit, but you can see like a lot of things from orbit. So uh, it doesn't really count. But yeah, from they're, actual they're space, you can't, you can't see it from space. Got yeah okay. Um, well, anyway, so that that's what's presented to us in the movie. They build this big kind of it's like a it's like an island type setup, but it's in this big studio dome. Um, yeah. And what they do is they raise this baby here, surrounded by actors, surrounded by people who essentially commit their life and career to just pretending to be someone in this world or this little island for Truman's sake. Um, they kind of put up these psychological barriers for him so that he doesn't really want to leave. Uh, which becomes a big part of the movie. But the main crux of it is that he is a man uh, who is now 30 years old and has spent his entire life uh, in on one island uh, with a bunch of actors who he believes are his real friends, family, confidants, employees, employers, everything. Every single aspect of this man's life is a uh, contrived TV show and has been put there to evoke reaction and provide like audiences with a sense of joy and hopeful release. Uh, but it's his a really interesting life... concept. Yeah. Yeah. His entire life is literally a lie for other people's entertainment. It's mad. Yeah. It's uh, fucking, can you imagine the guy in the boardroom that thought of this idea? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty insane. It's, it, it's genuinely wild. Um, I, my first thing I really, I really was happy that they introduced it straight away. Uh, like that straight away it was like it came in with like actors who play his like best friend and his wife and they're like yeah being on the Truman Show you know it's not it's not all bullshit like it's uh, we just kind of it's controlled it's 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 a narrative that we push as if it's life but it's not but like we still interact truthfully with him etc uh, he's not a lie as well like it's his life how he wants to live um but yeah ultimately I'm really happy that they opened up with it rather than being like having it be a big twist at the end because then there is no movie really 
Yeah, I, I, I feel like that wouldn't work. I feel like you need to know the premise going in. Yeah. Um, to have it be like some big third act twist, it it really wouldn't make much sense to be honest, and you'd probably lose a lot of like the the interesting stuff along the way. So, yeah, I don't think that would work. Um, so overall, then, what did you think about it? What are your overall thoughts? I loved it, man. It's fucking like it's a great movie, but it it's also one that really, really puts a kind of moral perspective on you as like an audience member like it makes you think yeah uh, the ending is left ambiguous which is a classic and most people have come to know that that's kind of a, I, I prefer endings like that i like it when it's everything's not clear cut and this is it paint by numbers um but also i really liked it i at one point dawned on me and like this was my moment of oh my god this this film is so deep it's probably not and people have probably caught onto this for over 20 years now um but I was watching it and I suddenly realized my entire thing, like me and en- my enjoyment of this film as an audience member is exactly what the purpose of that TV show in the universe is to entertain an audience. And I'm sat there like on Truman's side going, yeah, God, I wish I wish you'd just figure it out. You know, I wish you'd get it. Oh, what's he doing? Oh, that's silly. Oh, that's funny. And I sat there yeah. thinking, this is, I I am the target audience for this. And I, and it, it, it is kind of scary because I don't think this is too far from what, what the world could produce. I don't think that this is like, it's like a Black Mirror-esque scenario or early seasons yeah. Black Mirror scenario where it's believable to the point where it's just a little bit scary. So this movie, um, I don't know if you, you know this or, uh, but you might be interested to know that this movie is actually studied a lot in like different courses. Um, so I, I personally studied it for when I did philosophy at A level, because there's a whole lot of stuff just around like the whole idea that like surrounds like the idea of Plato's cave. Do you know that whole thing? I don't know that. No. So, but but is broad strokes. So basically it's like a philosophical uh, theory, I guess. Uh, so Plato, the ancient Greek philosopher, uh, he he posed the idea of a cave, and in that cave there was four people chained up, okay? Uh, and they're all chained up in such a way where they're facing a wall, and behind the four people there's a big fire, and that fire is casting shadows onto the wall in front of them, and that's all they can see. So to those four people, that's exactly what life is. That's all they know. They've never known any different. That's been their entire existence. That's what life is. And who is anyone to say that it's any different? So that that's why it's kind of studied in in philosophical classes, because it's kind of similar. And Truman is in the cave. Truman has been presented as this is what his life is. Why would he know any different? And that sort of yeah. thing. Okay. That, I mean, that makes sense. I'd imagine that people smarter than me have dissected this for everything it's worth. Um, yeah, and and there's there's definitely like a lot of like religious imagery in this as well, like particularly towards the end and and that sort of stuff. The director literally seeming like God at one point talking to Truman. Um, so it is very like you're not wrong when you say it's like it's deep and it's got like a lot of stuff in it because it is an incredibly layered movie. It's not just surface level stuff at all. Like a lot of thought yeah. has gone into every part of this. Oh yeah. So I so like I say I've only seen this one time from start to finish. My first experience with it was a lot of like aha like look he's going to find out there because of the elevator wall or whatever and and yeah. I I think I think a first viewing would be enjoyment, a second viewing would be look at all the clues I missed or like look at all the things I didn't notice going on in the background because I'd imagine there's a lot of that. 
Um, and then I'd imagine you really start to feel the weight of this film and how layered it is, probably around a third viewing. Because I, I, a lot of it I didn't see presented to me, but it's more in the ideas and the themes of the movie, I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely, um, definitely. But yeah, no, I, I, I really like this. And I think it's so, I think it's quite ahead of its time in terms of like, you know, like all of the, you know, it's it's aired 24-7. So the writers come up with an actual believable thing, which is, how you know, how would this show make money? Uh, and it makes money because, you know, they're paying a fucking lot of people. A lot, like, yeah. A lot of people. Probably, I mean, if this was made today, it'd probably be the most expensive television show ever made. Um, I think it, 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 would, it was the most expensive TV show in that universe. I think they say that at one point. Well, then there you go. So you know it's making a lot of money. But then, so as an audience, I think they anticipated a lot of people going like, well, how could it, you know, how could it make that money? Because they never run any ads. And it's, you know, it's the gimmick is it's 24-7. Um, but then they come well, up with they a do run ads, answer. That's the thing. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, but they come up with a believable yeah. answer that the ads are are, are in the show and yeah. everything on the show, like the houses and the uh, the houses are for sale, the clothes that people are wearing are for sale, the yeah. products that they use are all for sale, and all like brand facing and shit like that. Some um, of the 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 ad moments, I think that they're, they're just so funny. And Truman's reaction to them, it's always uh, like his wife in particular. There's just moments where she like just put puts her coffee a pot of coffee in her hands and just perfectly displays it to the camera. It's it's yeah. so absurd <laughs> and so ridiculous. And yeah. Truman always has like a oh, that was weird, but all right, I guess. <laughs> I, I like it. My favorite one, because I find there's one that's actually more scary than funny, which is when Truman's like, what the fuck is going on? And her, his wife's like, this is the best cocoa I've had ever. And yeah. he's like, who the fuck are you talking to? <laughs> like, that, it, it's funny thinking about it, but in the film, it's like <clears throat> you're watching a man have a fucking psychotic breakdown. So you're like, this yeah. is kind of less funny. The funniest one, in my opinion, is when she um, uh, Truman's just in the garage. Uh, and she, or like the basement or whatever it is, uh, and she walks down the stairs, and she, like as an afterthought, she's like, "Oh, by the way, it's time you throw out that old crap lawnmower. This lawnmower is all the range, <laughs> and, and has the magazine perfectly facing the camera, and then just like walks off." And Truman's like, "Yeah, okay, I'll think about it, whatever," uh, <laughs> which is good. Uh, but but no, that's why that's why I think it's like ahead of its time. Like they address those those concerns, like little things like that. They're not only they're not they're not put in to explain little plot holes. They actually advance the movie. They're in the conversation and they make sense. Yeah. And they actually further Truman's discovery. And because he's like, like that's like one of the final weird straws that he, he deals with before he ends up trying to fucking like attack his wife, essentially. Yeah. One thing I really like about this is the level of commitment. And I don't mean like from like, the the Truman show itself. I don't mean like the stuff they go to. I mean like the actual movie. Like the way it opens up, you're given a tiny bit of exposition at the beginning, like this is what's going on. Boom, here we go. And then it's opening credits. But the opening credits are for the show. They're not the movie. You don't see who the director is, you don't see who the cast are. You see the cast of the show. You see Truman uh, Burbank as himself and then the rest of his wife and all that sort of stuff. But you don't yeah. ever see Jim Carrey, you don't see any of the other names, Ted, whatever his fucking name is, uh, in all of it. Um, and then that's it. And then you're just essentially watching the Truman show for about an hour, a little over an hour, and it's only in like the last third of the movie, the last half an hour or so, that the curtain is pulled back and then you see like the inner workings of it all and how it's all coming together and that big like exposition dump interview, which I actually really like. That is one of the best scenes in the whole movie, in my opinion. Yeah. 
like the the guy i don't I, ed harris is the actor's name ed harris him, yeah right? he plays that character so fucking believably it's unreal like yeah and 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 like he genuinely is a man that's like playing god um like yeah. and obviously religious symbolism aside mm. he like the director he's in complete full control even down to the point where the lines get blurry there's a there's an amazing line in this where he doesn't outright say it but a man it's when they're kind of truman's very close to discovering everything at the end and they throw a big storm at him and he's on the boat and he's basically just trying to find the end of this this bullshit yeah. um um or or hope he's wrong and just sails out until he finds somewhere else uh and you know or dies obliviously one of the two i think by um, that point he's he's got he he it's difficult to say exactly but i think he's got some idea that his life is a lie by that point yeah because oh, like, yeah because the sun will have come up and everything so it's 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 oh, really oh. difficult to say but yeah it is it is hard to kind of figure out where his head's at <clears throat> at that point because uh, yeah. he doesn't I mean, rightfully so, what we see is the show. So he's not going to sit there and turn to the camera and go, guys, I've sussed it. Like, <laughs> yeah. he's going to, he, he won't trust us as an audience member, which is a genius fucking device. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, the, and then there's, it's one of my favorite lines you got that where like an assistant to the, to the Ed Harris character turns around and says, you come on, man, fucking pull the plug. You can't let a man die on TV. And he goes, well, he was born on TV. Yeah, like, and he sat there, and you're like, "God damn, this dude was gonna fucking happily go to his grave, knowing that Truman's an old man, and that the, his entire life has just been repurposed for content." Like, that's and that's the thing. There is haunting. this movie does pose a huge moral question because it's fucked up. It's so dark and it's so fucked up that you have taken a person. And just force them into a lie. You've created a world for them. And again, and this is where it leads into the Plato thing again. Because, again, this is all they know. They don't know anything else. So they're not exactly sad. They're not t missing out on anything. They're not like... Do you know what I mean? They're not exactly longing for something yeah. else. Because there is nothing else to long for. This is the world as they know it. More or they less, anyway. What, they don't know what... They don't know what they're missing is the key element. There. Exactly, like, exactly. So, and but it's still such a huge fucking moral question around it. The fact that, okay, okay, yeah, they don't know what they're missing, but does that make it right to then still put a person in this scenario and they are essentially under your control for their entire life? It's, it's. Well, I, I'm of the mindset that this is. A <laughs> This is a very horrible thing to do to someone. It, yeah, like, it is a horrible thing. It's <laughs> like, really horrible. In case there was any doubt, and if there's anyone that goes, the Truman Show is a great idea. It's a great <laughs> idea for a film plot. Don't do this to someone. <laughs> like, Never very, ever do this. It's very unethical. And if if there was any, if there ever needed to be any clear up, I would happily say that I find this film to be very mentally disturbing to a degree. Um, exactly, but you you are right when you say like when you said towards the beginning like it's not something we're far off from. Yes, of course it's exaggerated and it's blown out of proportion because it's a movie. But yeah. w there is stuff kind of similar to this. I mean, we have Big Brother and a lot of other reality shows, and fair enough, people have consented and signed up to that. But where's the line though? How long does it go it until might... we are going to get to something like this? So the closest thing I thought about this was like Big Brother, yeah, it's a thing, but then everyone still knows they're on TV. They a lot of them go in there because they'll get famous and they'll get brand deals and they'll get etc. 
yeah um, like love island kind of thing like you sign up to it because you know you don't you don't you know you don't necessarily have to care about the life you're going to have on the show but you know afterwards you're set for money you're set for fame you're set for everything yeah um, if you know if you go in there and you give a good performance which is ultimately what they're there for they're there to do um but the closest i actually found to this was um you know uh, that, that old show and and again this is what i'm saying we're so close to this because this show i'm pretty sure was at its peak in like the early 2000s was uh, like that sun sex and suspicious parents thing oh right okay where, yeah where because what they do is they get a bunch of kids who haven't consented to anything or like not kids like 18 year olds who are going on like their first lads holiday or whatever their first yeah. holiday away from their parents where historically everyone knows you go out you do a lot of shagging and a lot of drinking that's what yeah. those holidays before um and yeah and that, and but but then but they don't realize they're having every aspect of that filmed or they're told this is for like a documentary uh we're not going to use all of this we're going to you know we're going to have like clips of you guys dancing but we film everything we get more you know get more use less um and then in actual fact they're presented on a show that a lot of people watched at the time and they're it's shown directly to their parents who are there with them like and who know everything that's going on at every turn so it's a case of a production company lying to a group of people and i've always thought that show was kind of fucked up and i've always yeah. thought if you're the kind of parent that would go onto that and say like if you're if you're the kind of parent that would go yeah sign me up to that because the parents sign up to it not the kids um i i think it kind of makes you a shitty person and i think if your kid were to lose trust in you for doing something like that if my mom did something like that i'd have a very hard time trusting her afterwards yeah I, not to get too sidetracked but the thing is with those type of those types of holidays the reason a lot of like young people go on them is because it is really the first taste of freedom They've just yeah. turned. They've just turned eighteen. They're able to drink and and have sex and do all this stuff, and they want to go out and have fun, and they want to do that safely away from their parents. So then to find out <laughs> that oh no, mum and dad have been watching you the entire time, that would massively fuck you up. It yeah. would. It's not, it's not even like they just know. They've been presented with footage of it. Yeah, they've seen the entire thing. Like. Uh, I know, well, I know for a fact that you probably wouldn't want to see your mum and dad, like, fucking know how you interact with me all the time. And I wouldn't want to see my mum and dad no, see yeah. how, how we interact. Because it's not that we do anything bad. It's just that, like, we just present differently in front of our parents, obviously. So. You see certain things in front of your mates that you don't say in front of your mum. And that's not that's not a level of distrust. It's just a certain level of respect I have for my mum where I wouldn't say things around her because it would be not polite you wouldn't, <laughs> like, call just... your, you wouldn't call your mum and exactly exactly <laughs> um <laughs> bleep, bleep that in case my mum ever hears that <laughs> <laughs> um but no look we yeah we're, we're getting sidetracked but my um all right something let's, let's change it let's change the subject somewhat um uh there's one aspect of this movie. There's only one in this stupid contrived thing. Cause I think the script is so tight on this film. Like I said yeah. earlier, every kind of every plot hole that you could find every kind of thing that you'd go, Oh, that wouldn't happen. Or that wouldn't work because of this. They've, they've cleverly weaved in, not a excuse, but something into the script that just disproves what you think. Yeah. Um, which, which I really enjoyed. Um, and even Jim Carrey or Jim Carrey, uh, Truman starts to kind of have these these moments where things like that happen, where he's he's trying to chase down his wife who's at work and obviously not doing anything because she's not a real surgeon or whatever. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, and then this guy comes out with this big, like, fucking wheelie storage thing and is like, oh, sorry, in your way. Oh, God. Oh, oh God. And, like, that's, like, it gets to the point where it's absurd for me as an audience member and also absurd for Truman as a character, which is what makes him cotton on and go, this is too stupid to keep happening. Um, uh, but, the, yeah, the, there's only one thing that didn't hold true to me in this movie, and it's that every single person of which there are a few attempts, and there's even a funny montage of people that have tried to break onto the set to tell Truman <laughs> this is a show. Like the, the guy jumping yeah. down in a parachute is a personal favourite with a sign that says, Truman, you're on TV. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the people that could theoretically get through to him, i.e. his first love interest, who's a through line of the movie, and the man that plays his dad who comes back years later, because I presume large amounts of alcohol and guilt have made him feel terrible for what he did. Yeah. Um, Given that he'd also probably have a relationship with this man as some sort of father figure, because that's, that's exactly thing, what yeah. he was. He's, I mean, um, he essentially raised him from birth, so... Yeah, yeah. you'd like to think that he'd feel some sense of responsibility, and he clearly tried to do the right thing to an extent before he got brainwashed into the whole thing again. Yeah. Um, but the, um, yeah, the only moment that didn't hold true to me was that everyone that tries to tell Truman, they go, they say vague shit. They're, like for example the, the they don't trend, say you're on a tv show yeah they don't yeah. go truman this is a lie you're on tv there's cameras everywhere ask anyone you know call people out speak yeah yeah right cry tell the entire world you're in pain like yeah do some do something right they go the sand truman it's all for you it's all contrived and like as a person that's already on the verge of a psychotic breakdown you're just gonna go what the fuck are you on about sand <laughs> Like, yeah, it, yeah, everyone that tells him something is like Truman in the vaguest way possible. Not everything is as it seems. <laughs> You're right. You you are right. That is that is 100% fair because that is that is true. It is very vague. And they, they you would just say, yeah, you're on TV. This is all fake. You're on a TV show. Um, no, but that, that but obviously, like go on. I was to say that that girl's with him. She's like, I don't know how much time we have, but they've st she's still getting enough time to leave the library, run down to the beach, and have like a couple of minutes of a chat. That is, if you if you play that time right, that is like ten solid minutes. Of yeah, I was going to say it's probably a decent ten minutes you had there. So. <laughs> yeah, and then <laughs> right at the end, right at the end, she's like, she's like, she starts fucking picking up the sand, and and the actor that's playing her dad, that's obviously just a guard to get her out. Um, yeah, says like, oh, sorry, she has these episodes, and you're not helping yourself by going, no, I, I, I don't have these episodes. He's lying. The sand, the sand. Like, <laughs> just speak, sp tell him actually what's happening. Yeah, yeah, that that is like a very contrived moment, but I feel like it has to be because, like, obviously they can't just say you're on a TV show because then, bam, done, movie over. Like, oh, yeah. tension like gone. So. Yeah, I'm clutching at straws. Like this is the movie is virtually flawless, and I think the script is so airtight that you know that it, the script is airtight to its own detriment. Where writing in those moments, you have to be vague because if you follow the law of logic every single time, you're not going to have a movie. Um, uh, the, apparently, uh, I haven't read too much into this, but it's something I've seen that apparently, since this movie came out, there are a few. Uh, people patients i guess in like with certain medical conditions who now something has come about which they're now calling truman syndrome where they essentially believe they are in a tv show where this is happening to them fucking hell <laughs> yeah i can which is... i can see that though like i i consider myself to be someone that's quite like <clears throat> mentally sound like I, yeah i've never suffered with anything or never would claim to um and even 
like now, like I finished this movie and then I went to go to the shower. And then the shower, I was thinking, do you know what's terrifying about that movie? I'd never know. Yeah. I'd, I'd never know if that was the case. Um, and I can imagine people that kind of have or suffer from anxiety to a very kind of uh, crucial level, like how that could pre- how that could prey on someone's mind. And it, yeah, it, that, I mean, that's a I mean, well done for the movie because you clearly did your job. But ultimately, that's kind of dangerous. Like, it's a bit scary. <laughs> it is scary. And I've, I've had that thought countless times over the years. It does put that thought in your head. You're like. But what if, you know, I mean, it's not, but, <laughs> but like, but what if? <laughs> it's, Imagine the scenario is... where you're, you're, a, you're a Truman, right? And I'm yeah. sat here on this podcast uh, <laughs> and I'm playing your friend. And then in one ear, I've got you and I'm on air with the podcast. <laughs> and the other ear, I've got someone telling me, Lawrence, make this shitty joke now. And then I'm like. I'm like, but I don't want to because then Nathan's going to give me abuse for it. And I make a bad joke and you're like, you're not funny, Lawrence. And I go, and I'm stuck between you and a producer who's telling me to not be funny. (laughs) That'd be great. That actually makes a lot of sense. So now... It's a a better idea for a podcast than this, isn't it? (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) Definitely. But but no, it's true. You You do have that thought and then you start to think about every terrible thing you've done in your life and you're like... Oh no! Have people seen that? Has that been on TV? Uh, but yeah, crazy, crazy stuff. Uh, Scully's in this. <laughs> yeah, he is. I like him. He's uh, yeah. I was I was surprised to see him. Uh, he looks a bit younger, a bit more youthful than he does in Brooklyn Nine Nine. Obviously, um, yeah. One thing I liked about them too, as a character though, or as characters, uh, is they really sum up like the world and how they would perceive this bit of TV. Because this, if it was real, would be like global news it would be like the ending of this show would be like something that people would probably mourn over like you feel like you'd lose a you know like we've seen that people deal with the deaths of iconic characters on tv and some <clears> take it really hard imagine yeah. this guy who you've watched as a baby grow up and he's a real guy as well like it's not like a character he's not an actor yeah um, like but but he's he represents like what i think the majority of the public do that aren't like obsessed with this show where as soon as it ends this global enormous event 30 years in the making they immediately just go like it cuts the black and then they go pass me that tv guide what else is on like let's see yeah. what else is here that and is that's such a, good a terrifying ending. it's a great yeah. ending but that's also yeah. a terrifying thought like this guy has gone through 30 years of suffering for the sake of entertaining people for a little bit and then they just ultimately forget him like a piece of old content that's heartbreaking yeah and I, I don't think they would. Like, I think it would still be big news. Like, uh, like he would be getting talk show interviews and fucking everything after that and, and all that mm. sort of stuff. But in that moment, you are right. Like, in that moment, it's like, oh, right, well, what's on, what's on the other channel then? Or whatever. Yeah. So it, it is a, a scary, depressing and all that stuff. It is, it is very thought-provoking. The end in itself. So Truman's on a boat. He's... He's questioned his life. He's broke away from like the the set. He's got over his manufactured fear of war. Which, by the way, that's all really clever. That they just like gave him a fear, a phobia. Again, terrifying, dark, and fucked up. That they just gave the kid a fucking phobia. But also yeah. very clever that they did that. Mm. 
Side note as well, the moment where he goes to the travel agents to book a trip to Fiji, and there's just a poster of a plane with ah, a yeah. fucking ball of lightning through his face. It could happen to you. It could happen to you, yeah. <laughs> oh, but that, this film, it's got so many little details like that in the background, which I think is amazing. Like, yeah. even, even down to conversations with the guy that plays his best friend. He's like, I'm thinking of going to Fiji, and he's like, but this is, this is a paradise. Everything you want is right here. You don't have yeah. to go, like every time he mentions going anywhere, everyone's like, but we've got such a perfect, great life. Like, why, <laughs> would you, why would you go anywhere? God's shining on this place. He really loves us. Like, it, 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 and it is terrifying. But yeah, it really is. But yeah, but that very funny detail. Um, but yeah, so again, we're Truman, you know, he's on the boat, he's come over his fear. Uh, I liked it. I do. I kind of wish there was a bit more resolution, but in the same, I what? Okay, so. Well, I, I'm jumping ahead. So, firstly, the bit where the boat kind of crashes through the like the painting of the of the sky and like the what would be reflected from the water, the kind of optical illusion kind of wall. Um, the minute that. Oh yeah, definitely. It, it'd be like what they use. Yeah, it'd be like it'd be like what they use in um to film the Mandalorian and stuff like that green screen wall thing. Yeah, um, yeah, I but I really like that because it's a moment. It's, it's this beautiful music playing as well, which is incredible. Like the score of this film is fucking lovely. Um, Just to and... cut in quickly here, um, I'm interested to know because I'm assuming this was the first time you've seen uh, this scene. Yeah. Did you notice the set? Like when he crashes into the wall, is that something you noticed beforehand? Uh, so it went. I did. I did, and I didn't because it went by kind of quickly. Um, obviously, yeah. it's not on the screen for that long. So what happened was that I, I initially saw it and I went, "Oh, that that looks a bit kind of janky. Like maybe that's you know maybe that's just nineteen ninety eight filmmaking kind of coming through." Um, and then I figured out, oh, it's probably because of the. Um, you know, the nature of the film, the fact that it should be fake. You know, I've seen, I saw the blueprints and I saw like the zoom out from the camera. I know that the water ends somewhere. Yeah. Um, and by the time my mind had kind of juggled those two thoughts, it had already been answered for me because like I say, it wasn't on the screen for that long. So I, I guess I did and I didn't, but it, it definitely was a shock because the hard, the hard cut of the music, which turns off, which yeah. is what I was saying, uh, it, it, it straight away just tells you something's fucked up here. Something like the illusion's fully broken now, which would make sense that the music would stop at the, that moment because everything's come crashing down literally at that point. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But yeah, so I, so I guess I did and I didn't. Um, okay. But yeah, no, I, so that, that kind of scene in general, um, what I really did like and kind of, I liked and I didn't like. I like that Truman has a moment to himself where, you know, because the, the creator saying like, you know, I know who you are. I was with you when you you know, had your first steps. I know you. And Truman has a, there's an amazing line where it said, you didn't have a camera in my mind. Um, yeah. And that's that, that line just fucking broke, broke my heart. <laughs> I was like, you, you poor man, honestly. Um, but then he turns around for ages and it gets to the point where the guy goes, well, say something, you're on TV. And he's obviously just like, if this is what's happening, then let's try and give out a great finale. Um, at which point Truman did his catchphrase and then left, which obviously was a shock to the man because he thought Truman would stay um, yeah. and, and choose the life he knew over the one he didn't. Um, but I also didn't like how he... 
I didn't like how Truman turned and presented his catchphrase again to the man. I understand it was like a little bit of a middle finger to him, but at the same time, like, and I'm not, I'm not expecting like this big action ending, like I'm coming for you. And then like Truman two in cinemas, the revenge or something like that. Um, but like just something where he, I would like to have seen him fully be himself at that moment and not a version of him that he'd, he'd built. Do you know what I mean? Like, not a version of him that had been manufactured for this TV show. But I think that is himself, though, because, like, nothing in Truman has been manufactured. Yeah, sure, he's, he's been shaped in certain ways and given phobias and all that sort of stuff, but, like, the personality and everything, the the cheeky jokes and the general Jim Carrey tones down version of it all... It that is him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, yeah that, that that is who he is. That he's like, like he every day he did that little joke that in case I don't see it, good afternoon, good evening, good night, because that's that's who he was. Uh, so I I I disagree when you say do that's, something. That's completely fair. Like I said, it's the first time I've seen it, so mm. I'm not. I'm sure because yeah. it, it's a very conscious choice to use that catchphrase. I'm ninety percent certain that what's happened is I've missed something. And I've missed something that would harken back to making that a much more resounding, triumphant moment for Truman. I just so think it's a, I just, it's just a nice little sign-off. It's just something that we've seen throughout the movie. It's just something we've seen Truman say a couple of times. And here he is in his final moment. He's been given a platform. He's been given the stage by the creator, by the director. He's now said, go take the show, run with it. It's your show now. And he's gone, no, I'm good. I'm going to go live my life now. Good afternoon, good evening, good night. And he just walks out. And I I, I think that's great. And I fucking yeah. love that it closes there as well. I love oh, that you yeah. don't see anything else. Because I think if this came out today, you'd probably see some post-world stuff, some post-TV show stuff, I should say. <laughs> you'd um, get a uh, Captain America breaking out of the shield thing. Uh, <laughs> you, you, you've been in the ice, Truman, for almost <laughs> 70 years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. or you'd get like a montage over the credits or, or something of like TV shows and, and talk I was, shows. And I was all that worried sort of we were going to get that. I was worried we were going to get that because of the... Um, Mm. Uh, the shot of like his one, his like his true love interest. Yeah. Um, uh, of her putting her coat on and running out of her like little apartment building. I thought, oh dear God, don't show me that she's like miraculously five minutes drive away from the set of where that door would be. Like, I like yeah. the fact that we have no, and like I say, it left it open ended. I love the fact that we have no idea, you know, if he ever regretted that decision, made the right decision, or if he ever, you know, what happens to his life because he's the most famous face in the entire world now. Yeah, like exactly, and and I love that it's just he's just gone. No, I'm good, and and now he's just off to live his life, and and that's that's where it should end because that is the end of the story. And what happens next is it's for him. It's not necessarily for us. We don't care. We'll make a good movie. So who cares? Yeah. Um. What else is on, as they say in in the TV show in the movie? <laughs> probably probably a lot of probably a lot <laughs> of um, bad credit history. Uh. <laughs> nothing on his CV. <laughs> nothing on his CV of notes. Well, uh, yeah, but I mean, well, actually, it was a legal adoption, so I was going to say maybe he would get like fucking back payments or finance or whatever from the studio, but maybe not. I'm sure they've got good lawyers, so who yeah. cares? I mean, if you're if you're <laughs> juggling that ethical conundrum, you're going to have to have good lawyers. But um, then again, he's fucking. 
he'll be fine. I don't think he'll be fucking hard up for a for a quid after after this. He'll get fucking TV show deals and and agents and and everything. So he'll be he'll be fine. I think he'll be okay. Yeah. Well, good on you. So uh, there we go. Uh, the Truman oh, wait, 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 Show. I've got a couple more things to say. Oh, fuck. Um, right. No, I won't, I won't go on forever. Firstly, uh, as most things that cast Jim Carrey in, this is a role that no one but Jim Carrey could have played. Um, because yeah. there's like, uh, he toes the line perfectly between <clears throat> like comedy and tragedy. And that is, my God, is that a skill needed for this particular movie? Yeah. <laughs> like, because he and he understands it fully. Like he understands there's moments that are funny to Truman, but heartbreaking for us. And he plays them as such, with such like a middle ground. Yeah. Um, and I like a lot of people. A lot of people like Jim Carrey, and I used to have the opinion that Jim Carrey is great. Like he's a great physical comedian, and he's he's a brilliant physical performer, and he's hilarious. Um, but this, I and I always knew he was a good actor. But this was the movie that I've seen him in, and I'm definitely late to the party in saying that. Fuck, like he he actually really is an actor at heart he's not just comedy like he's not a one-trick pony which is what people that saw him in like the mask would probably say kind of do you know what i mean yeah yeah definitely. um which which i thought was amazing uh yeah and there was a uh, one more thing uh which is actually like although you could argue that they're not very nice or good people of good moral and ethical character uh the actors, I can 100% see the appeal for them to do something like this. Because one, it's a 24-7 TV show that will give you credits and probably a lot of screen time, depending on whether you're like... Say you're Truman's boss, you're going to get a lot of screen time in that show. Yeah. Uh, therefore, probably a lot of pay. And it's literally a 24-7 thing. So you will appear once a day if, you know, he has a normal work schedule, which I think is great. Um so like as a as a, like an actor wanting to get their star it's a very appealing role um to play and also i love that all of the kind of the 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 better cast people like the the um like the best friend he's a very believable actor whereas yeah. the ex, the extras like the little neighbors that are a little few houses away not like direct neighbors are like well hey truman <laughs> my neighbor like and they're intentionally worse actors than yeah. the, the guy that's been cast as his best friend, which I think is like just a, again a really clever small attention to detail, which I was great. What one attention to detail I I like is in like typical extra fashion, they just hire multiple people to do the same job. Like, uh, sorry, mu- um, <laughs> uh, the same person to do multiple jobs. I yeah, should say, yeah. <laughs> like the bus driver is also the boat driver, and, and obviously he can't drive either of them because he's just an extra. <laughs> so. Yeah. There's a, there's a there's a there's a brilliant moment where like they're out looking for Truman and he's on the water and no one knows uh, and and the the pretentious guy the Ed Harris uh, bloke goes um, well get you know get eyes on the water and, and and the guy that plays his best friend he went he can't he's not a fucking sailor he's an actor what do you want me to do like, he can't <laughs> he, he can't sail the boat yeah it makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, uh, is this a watch or a skip for you, Nathan? It's a hundred percent a watch. What do you yeah, mean? It's a bit. It's a big old watch for me. Big old yeah. watch from the the Watch Brothers. I don't know what that is. Anyway, um, <laughs> so that's that's the Truman Show. Craig, you got some music to play. Play that funky music, Robot Boy. Clone Wars Corner with Lawrence and Nathan. But Nathan has already seen it. It's mostly just Lawrence. 
I don't know if Nathan's going to choose to cut that or not. But me and Nathan <laughs> just both sung the introduction, uh, which was great. He could leave it in. I think it would be a fun little nod. Um, or he could cut all of this and make me sound like a prick. Who knows? Um, t- time will tell. Uh, Nathan, today I watched episode... Oh, no, season... Clone Wars season one, episode 10. Um it's uh, I have no idea if this fits in an overall arc, but it still has like this little episode story. So it's fine to talk about through and through. Uh, we pick up with where we left off last week with Newt Gunray, who has escaped uh, the old Republic. Like he was able to kind of get out. Um, and what he's done is he's been told to go to um, General Grievous's little lair or his little house, whatever it is. A very The lair of Grievous. The lair of grief. It's a very miserable affair. Very horrible place to live, by the looks of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he, no, sorry, he doesn't even go there. But he, his tracking beacon goes there because the yeah. Jedi closely follow him, uh, and though those Jedi are Kit Fistu, um, Fisto, Fisto. Oh yeah, it's not an ooh, is it? It's an o. Yeah. Uh, so Kit Fisto arrives there, and he's meeting his Padawan. Or was his Padawan, but is now graduated uh, Jedi school and is now a Jedi Knight. Yep. Um, and he's buzzing. He's like, "Sweet, I'm going to see my old my old homie." So he's loving it. Um, they arrive. They've got a few a few um, uh, clones with them, just as they always do for a little bit of backup. Um, at which point he gets there, realizes that Newt Gunray isn't there, and Newt Gunray is like, "Have fun, bitches!" Through a hologram, um, and then Count Dooku appears in a hologram and is like. I've set a little trap for you. And they go, right. Okay, so who have you trapped? Because we're currently in Grievous's house with the drop on him. And then yeah. it's all a bit it's all a bit very weird. So we cut to General Grievous on a ship who's <clears> on his <throat> way back to his little lair slash home, whatever it is. Uh, and Count Dooku appears to him as a hologram and says, your war effort's looking pretty shambolic. Like you need to, you know, Sidious is losing faith in you. You need to show him that you're about it. You need to kill a few Jedi get your get your mojo back get your groove back and he's like all right i'll do it um so then we as an audience realized that um count dooku is setting up a trap for grievous to be jumped to see how well grievous can do uh, and hopes that he comes out on top um so yeah that's the kind of that's the episode set up um and ultimately um uh it, it kind of plays on the theme of the the disloyal padawan again even though he's not a padawan at this point but nadar is kit fisto's padawan or was yeah uh and he's a little bit of a rebellious dude he's a lot i believe of, like, he's a mon color is he uh yes he is actually yeah yeah um he is one of those it's a trap people um <laughs> an akbar an akbar indeed um so he goes there uh, and he's very much a power like a big theme of the episode is power yeah and how like matching power with power yeah you might be have you might have the bigger stick you might have more power great but if you're not using it responsibly then you're just as bad as the person you took that power from etc blah 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 yeah um, uh, and so nadar is very much like he's in his big jedi big boy pants like i'm a knight i'm a recently graduated knight like i'm gonna fuck grievous up when i see grievous i'm gonna fuck him up big time and yeah kit fisto's like no you're not like and he's like, oh, I don't, have to, I don't have to listen to you because I'm not a Padawan anymore, so suck it. Um, these are all genuine lines of dialogue that I've written straight from the show <laughs> <Yeah>. as well. <laughs> um, but yeah, ultimately, uh, lo and behold, uh, who would have guessed it? And the dog gets, um, uh, gets killed um, in a way that is actually was kind of playing dirty by Grievous. There was an honest lightsaber battle, you know, as, you know, one of them classic uh, four to one lightsaber battles yeah. um, that are always so fair. 
uh, and then and then Grievous pulls out a little blaster as he's got his only lightsaber in like engaged in three other lightsabers. Um, Grievous pulls out a blaster and just shoots him like four times in the stomach, <laughs> like, and it's and and I'm just sat there like, who didn't expect this? <laughs> like, who didn't? Who didn't think that the notoriously evil guy with robot hands wasn't hiding one thing back? Like, it had no backup plan. Um, yeah. But yeah, this was a good episode. Um, it was fun. I, I liked it. Um, uh, Kit Fisto has, uh, or Fisto. Um, at first I thought, oh, Kit Fisto is back with a Jamaican accent this time. Um, He's always a Jamaican accent. Well, I didn't, was he in the prequels? Did he speak in the prequels? He was in the prequels, but he didn't speak. That's what I thought, yeah. I mean, he had a um, Wilhelm scream when he died. Oh, yes, classic. Um, <laughs> yeah, dialogue. Um uh, yeah, so at first my initial thought was, oh, Kit Fisto's back with a uh, Jamaican accent this time. Obviously a different voice actor. Um, and uh, but then and I they made him hot. They... Yeah, yeah, he's he's a stud. <laughs> he looks he looks sexy in this. Yeah, I'd definitely give him a go. Um, but yeah, no. Then my second thought was, oh, Kit Fisto never spoke before, so maybe Kit Fisto's always been a had a Jamaican accent. Um, but then I remembered that a lot of people in Star Wars have accents. Most are offensive. This is actually not an offensive accent. Um, so, yeah, that was good. It was nice to see a character that sounded different uh, and not like a stereotype of of, uh, of an accent, which was good. Um, yeah. Uh, ultimately, there wasn't much to say about this episode other than it was quite fun. I enjoyed it. It was mostly grievous stuff, a lot of spider crawling on the ceiling and shit, a bit yeah. more spookier than a normal kind of sith or you know um separatist general kind of thing um good good fight scenes uh some wobbly animation here and there but it's still season one so yeah looking forward to some more cool beans craig do you think clone wars corner with lawrence and nathan but nathan has already seen it it's mostly just lawrence Okay, that was a lovely, lovely episode of Truman Show and a little bit of Clone Wars for you there. Uh, you can catch these podcasts at 10 a.m. on Friday mornings. Uh, you can also give us a little follow. Uh, we're on Instagram and Twitter at Another Happy Pod, and that's where you can find out when the new episodes go live, as well of as well with a fun little bit of artwork that actually takes me about five minutes per time. So it'd be nice if those pictures got some likes uh, or some appreciation once in a while. Um, it's not just the episode that we work hard on. Um, you can also uh, review this podcast as well. That's something that you can do. You can go onto your phone or your tablet or your device uh, and you can give us five stars. And if you don't want to give us five stars, um, then that's fine. You can give us uh, four stars if you'd like. No, uh, no, no. It has to be five. No, no, no. I heard that four or five was fine. Um, but anything under four just doesn't exist. Apparently, you can't press those buttons. So don't even try. We try for you. I <laughs> just pulled up our podcast page on the Apple Podcasts, and it says updated fortnightly, which... <laughs> That's not true! <laughs> we, not true. We, we've stuck to a rigid schedule of weekly. At least for, for at least about 10 weeks, we've had an episode every week. <laughs> I mean, I know there's like 30 episodes, but still... <laughs> Well, there I'm, we I'm going to get on them. I'm calling Tim Apple right now. Let me that. let me read a review. Uh, wow, five stars. This podcast is fantastic, and I'm 100% not one of the co-hosts. Why are people saying that? Because it's not true! Exclamation point. So, so there we go. 
whoever that person is, they've got some good taste in podcasts. Yes, they definitely do. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so Nathan, uh, we've we started a new thing. You you expertly weaved this in last week. Uh, would you like to perhaps set up uh, and then uh, tell us what we're going to be reviewing next week? Dominican Cuban, my dad is from Chile and PR, which means I'm Chile Dominican. But I always say I'm from Queen. There you are, I just did it. <laughs> I figured there'd be more talking involved. <laughs> what do you want? I, I love that. I just passed over to you. I thought you were going to be like, here's a little clip of what we want to do next week or something well, like that. But no, no, you just played time. it and then went, there you go. Done. There you are, done. Jobs are good then. <laughs> that is jobs are good then. Uh, yeah, we'll see you next week at. Um, uh, Friday uh, at 10. <laughs> Fuck that, sorry. <laughs> you fucking idiot. So yes, uh, oh no. So yes, you will see us next week, Friday at 10am to uh, talk about that, uh, which is in the Heights, by the way. We do know we're not just every week winging it. We do know. We're just trying to introduce something fun and we'd appreciate it if you got off our back about it. Are you okay? <laughs> maybe Nathan it's all a bit that, that film really took it out of me what can I say it's it's preyed on my mind a little bit maybe someone's controlling me maybe I'm not really your friend maybe I'm a paid actor God, maybe you're a, a paid actor well I can't trust you anymore yeah well there it is let's end this podcast bye <laughs> <laughs> another happy pod say hi to your mum for me bye <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.